With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the transparent truth. Inside CBS Studios in the Miracle Mile, it's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, y'all. I got my main man, my right-hand man, GB, Greg Biggins. What up? Keith, how are you, sir? Man, I'm feeling good, GB. That's good. How's everything going with you? I got no problems. Okay, that's a great day. good, yeah. We're getting ready to rock and roll on today's show. Glad everybody's listening in. We're going to be talking recruiting news, our latest and greatest. Top performers, big-time players showing out, showing up. We got our sleeper of the week. GB's going to give it to us this week. Can't wait to hear what that sounds like. We got our game recap and analysis of last week's games. We have a new segment called Man Listen, where I'm going to make a declaration. Stand by for that. We're going to preview Friday's matchup show and the top games in the Southland coming up this week. And then we're going to have our social media drops and bring this baby to a close. But without further ado... Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. GB, recruiting news. Hit us where it hurts. So we had a whole mess of players taking their official trips this past weekend. Once the season gets cut going, that's kind of when you start to see that. We had Sarah linebacker Merlin Robertson taking an official visit to Oklahoma. He loved it there. Right now, if I'm just guessing, Coach Keith... I think the Sooners are in a pretty good spot for Mr. Merlin Robertson. He had a good time. Loved the coaching staff. Loves the depth chart. They see him as an inside backer. Uh, showed him a lot of love. LSU was involved. They'll get a trip, and so will Oregon. Uh, but right now, I would say the Sooners are probably the team to beat in that one. Utah hosted a trio of West Coast kids. DeLon Hurt from Servite. Talanoa Hufenga out of Corvallis, Oregon. Matthew Tago from Quartz Hill. All three visited. I think of that group, I think DeLon Hurt's the guy. If you're looking, you want to put somebody on commitment watch, watch out for DeLon Hurt. I think he had a good trip. Washington State's hoping to get a visit, but no date yet. And I think uh, think something could happen in the next couple weeks. I would not be shocked if Servite, your program, Coach, Ah. your adopted program. Yeah, it is. Elon Hurt might be a Ute. Good fit for him. Hufenga, Tago uh, also visited. Good trips is uh, good trip for both those guys. Tago still pretty solid with UCLA, and Hufenga is still going to go through the process. I think he has a visit set up with UCLA. Uh, Bama's going to get one. USC is going to get one. Oregon, he's been to. Oregon State's all involved. Uh, Kobe Smith and Brian Addison, also from Sarah High School. If you're noticing, Sarah had a bye this past weekend, so a good time for those guys to get out there and take a visit. Right. Kobe and Addison both took visits to Nebraska, and uh, it went well. I think Nebraska's in it. I don't know if they lead for both right now or either of them, to be honest with you. Uh, but Nebraska does have probably, of those two, I think they have a better chance with Kobe Smith. 
I still think at the end of the day, it'll be hard for Addison to leave uh, Southern California, USC, UCLA. Uh, dark horse for them is ASU. He's got a brother who does track. But Kobe did, uh, does have definitely have a lot of interest in Nebraska. The Washington Huskies hosted Julius Irving, also from Servite High School, as well as Palmdale running back Richard Newton. Tell you what, I talked to Julius for a while, and uh, he really liked the trip a lot. He was at Notre Dame last weekend, kind of comparing those two schools. Uh, he, he was not going to tip his hand. Uh, too much one way or the other. Uh, he's got maybe one more visit to take, which is going to be Michigan. Uh, USC is also involved, and Utah's kind of trying to hang in there, but just kind of try to, you know, doing this for a long time. You kind of start to sense little, you know, tones in the voice. You know, it almost sounds like a lawyer right now, you know, just in voice inflections. Yeah, yeah, the voice sure, kind of sure. goes up and down. I, mean, I think he liked UW a lot. I think Coach, Pete, uh, Coach Peterson made a really good impression on him. He's got that built for life program, which is a really cool deal for the kids there at UW. Notre Dame. I think he was wowed by it. Uh, so much tradition, such a fun atmosphere. But I think he was kind of surprised by the game atmosphere at Washington. I don't know if kids understand that. Shoot, back in the 90s, in the Steve Etman that we grew up in, shoot, Washington had maybe the best game atmosphere around. No question. So uh, I think he was kind of blown away by just how festive that atmosphere was. He loved the players. Hosted by Keith Taylor. A former Servite alum yep. who he knows well. Big time player. He said Keith loves it. He said Keith couldn't stop smiling the whole entire time. He loves that U-Dub. So I think Washington might be in a pretty good spot. You know, as for Richard Newton, you know, they were his first offer, and I'm kind of surprised he hasn't pulled the trigger just yet. I think that's a that's a good fit for him. I think he might take uh, another visit or two. I haven't really spoken to him since that trip, but you know, here we are. You know, it's Tuesday as we're filming, taping this, and he hasn't committed as of yet. So I know he had a great trip. Text with him briefly, uh, and he said he had a great time. I'm a little surprised he hasn't pulled the trigger yet. I would not be shocked if it happens. Soon, hmm. Washington also was kind of waiting on Chris Brown, the running back from San Diego. Yeah. And then Elijah Wade from Arborview. I think you saw a little bit of him this past week. Uh, he took an official visit to Cal. How about the Cal Bears with the big win over Old Miss this past weekend? So I think, uh, I think Elijah, many people feel that, uh, you know, maybe UCLA might be the team to beat. He's got a teammate there, Greg Rogers. USC's pushing hard there. He's got a bunch of schools pushing hard for Wade. But I think Cal made an impression. I think Cal uh, made a really positive impression. I know my guy, Blair Angulo, who got to see this past weekend, talked to Wade, and, and Cal did well. Cal also, Cal also hosted, unofficially, Hank Bachmeyer, the junior quarterback, took nice. it unofficial there. And I, 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 Again, Hank wants to go through the process. He's got a, a bunch of unofficials this, this year he's going to be taking. He says this weekend he's hoping to get to Colorado to see Colorado take on the Washington Huskies that we just spoke of. He will also visit Minnesota. At one point, head coach just went and saw him on Monday, P.J. Fleck. That's nice. kind of a big deal when the head coach flies down Absolutely. to watch you in practice. Uh, and Boise State is another school he's going to visit at some point. I had a date in mind. I forgot the date. But he's going to visit them for a game weekend, too. UCLA, he's already been to. Those are kind of the schools that he's he's kind of focused on. But I know he likes Cal uh, a great deal. And then out of state, USC uh, had that big win over Texas. And uh, obviously a ton of local kids there were there unofficially. But the, the one official visit... Uh, was Tyreek Smith out of Ohio. He's a top 60 player in the Scout 100. Uh, really good-looking defensive lineman. Made the opening. Uh, right now, I think most people believe it's going to be tough to get him out of Ohio. The Buckeyes are kind of entrenched with him. But again, 
good bits to the USC, and USC is always good for at least one or two surprises every single year where there's a guy out of state and everyone kind of writes him off, and then Sunday comes around and they end up landing the kid. USC is able to do that as good as anybody. So Tyreek Smith visited USC. Good visit. Loved it. Uh, but right now, it looks like the Buckeyes might still be the leader, but who knows? Because USC, they just have a way of pulling a rabbit out of the hat. Tyreek Smith, Greg, really quickly. Yeah, go with a that. Inland Empire native. Okay. Born in the IE, originally from Southern California, moved to Ohio. Yep. So original Southern California kid visiting the University of Southern California. Little nugget. Are you trying to say that maybe they might have a better chance than uh, than people think? He wasn't born or raised on Buckeye football is what you're saying. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And those are my recruit notes for this week, Coach. GB always hitting us with the latest and greatest recruiting news. Love to hear about these guys taking trips. Love Julius Irving. If you know anything about college football in the NFL, you know there were two safeties, big-time safeties drafted in the top 10 or 12, I believe, in the NFL draft. Jamal Adams to the New York Jets. Malik Hooker, forgot where he went out of uh, Ohio State, but forgot where he got drafted. But if you're a safety that can make plays, come up and be a great tackler in space, you got a chance to get drafted high. Julius Irvin, I think he's one of those guys. Go ahead, to, to, to piggyback your point, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So this is another interesting reason why Julius has uh, such a high affiliation with Washington. So he wants to play corner right. in college. Notre Dame is telling him, hey, we got a spot for you. And so is Washington. Basically, uh, the way recruiting works is if a kid wants to play quarterback, hey, we got a spot for you. You know, they're gonna, It's called recruiting, right? You're going to tell the kid whatever he wants to hear. I think the reason why Julius likes Washington so much and respects what they're saying is because they're saying, hey, Julius, look at our history. We have big corners. Yeah. Look at the guys who actually played corner. Kevin King, 6'2". Keith Taylor, 6'3". Sure. Um, a few guys. I'm, I'm names escaping me. Uh, they got drafted this Marcus past Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. Absolutely. 6'1", yeah. 6'2". Yeah, absolutely. Um, got a guy that, another guy who I loved who got drafted last year. I always kick myself for not making him higher in high school because I knew he was going to yeah, be good. Sydney, uh, Sydney Jones. Sydney Jones. 6'1", 6'2". So, uh, you know, Julius is about a 6'1", 185-pound, 190-pound kid. Uh, I love him as a safety. That's where we have him ranked, but he is athletic enough to play some corner. And when you look and see a school telling you, hey, we play big corners, and then you look at their track record, and they have never played a big corner life, you're kind of skeptical. So he actually looks at Washington's track record and sees that they do play guys his size. So... No, I another re- little, yeah, another little little nugget there. It's, yeah, uh, absolutely. I really like that. Great insight. Big corners playing at the University of Washington. Julius Irvin. Julius Irvin definitely fits the mode. We want to move this thing along. We want to top our top performers this week, Greg. We got a lot of guys who did their thing, balled out. So we're gonna shout them out. Let's start off in the South Bay. Inglewood High School running back Tashawn White, 17 carries, 336. Six total touchdowns. Here's a key fact, which probably points to why he played so well. I used to coach this kid. I, I that, recruited that's why this kid so- out of eighth grade. He came to play for me at Inglewood High School, started as a freshman, guess what, Greg, on the offensive line. He always told me, Coach Keith, I want to play running back. I want to play running back. I said, son, get yourself at left tackle. He ended up developing to a nice little running back. Played well last year. Now he's a senior. 333 and six touchdowns. So T-Shawn White, he's got a twin brother also on the football team. He's a good football player. 336, six touchdowns. So congratulations, T-Shawn and the whole White family. Great job. Nice work. Oh, yeah. I like that little tidbit there. Oh, yeah. I miss the days of Inglewood getting guys out. 
guys, Brother Ali and Stephen Thomas were over there running the show. I went to a couple practices at Inglewood. And those guys, man, they cared about those kids. Yeah, sure. I miss those days. Absolutely. Who else you got, Coach? I got Elijah Griffin. Okay. Cornerback. They got him four stars, but I like him as a five-star player. Long and athletic. Great ball skills. Playmaker. He had five passes defensed. One interception for a touchdown to win the game in the big match at Long Beach Poly, Mission Viejo. He matched up with Jalen Hall, the five-star receiver at Poly. Did a nice job. Elijah Griffin with a huge game leading the Mission Viejo Diablos to a big-time dub at Vet Stadium. Congratulations, Elijah. We all see you out there. One of the best corner performances I've seen. And a lot of times, if you're a really good corner, it's boring. You don't see the guy testing at all. That's why I've always kind of been more of an advocate for, you know, if you're an elite, elite corner, play him at safety, right? Let him roam and make plays in space. But they put him out there on that island, and he got tested a lot. I mean, he got his hand on three or four balls, had the key pick six, or he was running. And and people, I didn't know he was that fast. Man, I'd see him at the Under Armour deal when they did that little, uh, I don't know what the name of the event was. Ill Speed event. Ill Speed. Sure. Dude, he showed me that he's definitely has some, he's got some juice in those legs. He's fast. Some of the longest arms. I didn't really realize it until just looking at him last Friday. He's got some long arms, meaning I think he's got another inch at least of growth in him. He's going to be maybe a 6'1 corner. Man, he was competitive. He was tough. He was in run support. He was making some great plays on the ball. He was really, really good. He was special that night for sure. Great job by Elijah. Last winter, Under Armour meeting, committee meeting, they said, who should we invite from Southern California as a defense back, a corner that can match up with guys in the South and on the East Coast? First name I brought up was Elijah Griffin. He came to Future 50, played well. Got the Under Armour invite. Always thought he was a really good football player, and he showed out last week. It's a great job. Moving right along, Jordan Wilmore, repeat performer three weeks in a row. This guy is absolutely murdering folks. (laughs) 16 carries, 292, three touchdowns. Big time win. Also, Jalen Hamler, want to shout him out. The quarterback for Lyondale also had a big time game, a couple touchdowns. But Jordan Wilmore, Greg, he's blowing it up. Dude, I love that kid, man. He's special. He's no. really good. Yeah. Hey, let, let me let me piggyback on on the on the uh, Diablos a little bit. A couple more guys that that stood out in, sure. in that game uh, was Christian Laval. This guy plays so angry. Okay. I mean, he's a mean, physical. You would love the way this guy plays linebacker. I mean, he hits you just because he wants to. I like I, it. I mean, the play is not even involved. He's hitting. He's looking to hit someone in every single play. Play a little fullback, a little tight end. Look good there too. But and he was running and hitting. They had a, a D tackle, D lineman named Jack Munch. And every time I see that name, I get hungry. I want, I want. I don't know what it is. I feel like I need to go eat lunch or something. Jack Munch. The Munchies. He was active. And then they had a safety name, Ryan Kennedy. He had the interception that really won that game late. A diving interception in the corner of the end zone that sealed the deal late. They had four picks in that game. But uh, Ryan Kennedy's a good-looking guy, about a 6'1", maybe 6'2". Pushing 200 pounds, and, and he was real physical and run support, too. Nice. He's if safety. you can, he's a safety. If you can, nice. senior kid, I would recommend looking at that huddle tape on Ryan. He comes downhill, and when he hits you, it's not one of those guys where he's wrapping you up and twisting you to the ground. It's a hit, boom, play over. Yeah, good. He's coming down downfield, and so Ryan Kennedy. I like it. Also got a shout-out to my guy, 
Jay Finn, James Finley. I used to call him Finn to win. Finn to win. Because if he wanted to win, you threw it to James Finley. Hey. But he, he's been talking up his boy Romeo Dobbs since Las Vegas, 7-on-7, seven seven, the pylon event. Uh, I watch Romeo a lot. He's a Nevada commit, but shoot, man, I'm waiting for other schools. No disrespect to Nevada, because I, I I love the fact that they were the guys that really made the best uh, impression and, and got Romeo to commit there. But this is a Pac-12 level talent. You know, a lot of great players from the past have played in the LA City section, Keith. No question. This guy set a record. Anytime you set a record in the LA City section, eight touchdowns in one game. Eight touchdowns. That's a season. That's pretty impressive. I don't care who you're playing, Greg. I don't care who they're playing either. That's pretty impressive. So he had 16 carries. He's playing quarterback. He's going to be a receiver sure. in college. Could be a, could be a really good safety if he wanted to be also. 16 carries, 477 yards, and six touchdowns. Also had three catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. And had an 87-yard punt return for a touchdown. So he got done running it, returning it. And catching it. Romeo Dobbs, congrats to you. Nice job. Hey, Dobbs, let me give you some daps. That was big time, man. You showed out. <laughs> I can't do nothing but respect that. Let me take my cap off. Show you some love, big dog. Way to handle your business out there. Who'd they play, though, Greg? Yeah, I don't even know. I didn't. I was going to look it up, but yeah. then I decided, ah, I just don't feel like it. I, you know what? I looked it up. Who'd they play? The Blind Girls Cooking School. Ouch. <laughs> man, you just took away some of that shine we gave Romeo. Stop it. <laughs> no, that. just kidding. Romeo Dobbs, congratulations. Let's move right along. No, I, I think they played, they played, uh, they didn't play St. Thomas Aquinas? No. They came out, St. Thomas came out here for a second? Uh, no. No? Sorry. Okay. We'll move along. Sean Davenport, the running back out of San Pedro, 27 carries, 205 and two touchdowns. Want to shout out Real Mitchell, the quarterback in St. John Bosco, 8 for 13, 262, four touchdowns. His receiver, Josh Delgado, 4 for 123, and also a touchdown. Great. Chachi. How about modern day receiver, Amon Ra St. Brown, making his return to action? Only played one half of football. How about nine catches for 147 and three touchdowns against a national opponent like Bergen Catholic? Is that the best New Jersey has to offer? This is a perennial top 25 power. Modern day just ripped through them, mercyed them. I don't think they do mercy rolls, but they should have. But Amon Ra making his season debut, one half of football, three touchdowns. He got it done. Amon Ra St. Brown. Here's the thing. Who gets the rock thrown to him nine times in one half? Yeah. That's pretty nice. That's like, hey, this is this is my debut. You better wake up. Better last three games I missed. I need to. I need you guys to make up for that, JT. You need to make up for those last three. I want I, every single ball thrown to me. I think I can get a hundred on nine catches. Girl. You give me. You give me nine targets. I can get a hundred right now at the age of thirty-seven. I don't think so. I, I don't think so at all. I don't see you getting that separation that uh, that I Amon need, had. I don't need any, Greg. You don't? No. How about I got Mace ball Funa? Skills. Let's keep it. Let's keep it at modern yeah, day for yeah, a second. Yeah, go Defensive with. side of the ball. Mace Funa had a pick six, a sack, and three tackles for loss. Not a bad, not a bad year. Yeah, forget the game. A bad year for Mr. Mace Foon, the junior linebacker slash defensive end. He has really been a difference maker for the Monarchs this year. Mace Foon, man, I loved him last year at Santa Margarita. Thought he was one of the top sophomores in the state. No doubt, he's playing on the defensive line. He's moved to linebacker, kind of a, a hybrid guy. He's he's pass rushing. He's dropping in the zone. He's getting his hands on balls. He's making big time hits. Read an article that said he might be the best defensive player in Orange County this year. I saw that, and uh, you know it, that'd be hard to knock. He's playing some special football, 
and he's got a great future ahead of him. Let's move along. Barack Ross, another kid I saw in eighth grade, Greg, that I recruited. He started off at Bosco, transferred now to Downey. 23 carries, 205, two touchdowns. Congrats to Barack showing out at Downey High School. He looked good running a football, jumping over people, jump cutting, breaking tackles, getting to the house twice. Shout out to Barack Ross, Downey High School running back. What Boy, school? What school were you at? Trying to recruit all these kids who did, did, didn't end up, end, end up elsewhere. I was in Inglewood. It's tough to get guys in Inglewood, Greg. Yeah, but but it's your but even for you. Well, Greg, it's like being at New Mexico State when you when the there's a lot of challenges in Inglewood High School. All that Greg. tradition. You got Mike Lawrence Jackson yeah. from Inglewood. You got all kinds of guys. You yeah, can say, you hey, do. You but, come here. You got me coaching you. No question, but when you get you going up against a juggernaut like Bosco, Come modern on, there's day. some I'm hearing excuses, Coach. I, I, I yeah. want to hear. I want to hear you. You want some of these battles? I did. I did. Okay. I did. Just haven't heard of those kids who you, who who won those battles. Couple from. twins over there at Paramount that's got uh, okay. scholarships. Okay. I know the twins. Yeah, they were they, they were two stay of my guys. Paramount. They better stay over at Paramount. T. You know Johnson, who ran for three thirty three this week, he was one of my guys. He should go to Paramount. Come on, Greg. Stop. Let's I'm move only, along. I'm kidding. How about Jamison Wayne? It's a 2020 quarterback at Harvard Westlake. Listen to this, guys. Give me those. Give me those numbers from Mr. Wang Chong. My man, Jameson Wang, went berserk. 11 for 12 throwing for 311 yards and four touchdowns. Hold on, I'm not finished. 166 yards rushing and three more touchdowns. Greg, if I had to do some quick math. That's 477 yards of total offense and seven touchdowns from a man, Jamison Wang. Everybody, Wang Chung tonight, baby. Jamison Wang doing his thing. That was, Shout out to you, Jamison. There, that guy needs to come on the show. No I doubt. need to meet. I need to meet Mr. Wang. He did his thing. So shout out to him. What you got, GB? How about San Clemente quarterback Brendan Costello? They had a big matchup against Muria Valley and blew them out. Hmm. I got to give you credit for that one. You called that one. Yeah. All Brendan Costello did was go 14 to 17, 212 yards and four touchdowns, and he rushed for 106 yards and one more score. Five touchdowns total, over 300 yards of total offense for Mr. Brendan Costello, who just had taken over the reins at San Clemente, the Tritons, got another good quarterback. Jack Chippy, our guy, has he does something good every game. He had another pick six. Wow, he's Chippy. Got, he's got like three or four interceptions this year, and mm-hmm. he's just one of those guys always around the ball. Picked up his first offer after that game from Go with it. UC Davis. Nice. My Congrats, guy Dan Chippy. Hawkins. Your guy. Your guy, GP. There's not you a must better have made a guy. call. You know, Nick Saban's a good coach. Urban Meyer's a good coach, but you want to play for Dan Hawkins if you have a chance. No doubt. He's Mount Rushmore of coaches. The Hawk. Dan Jack Shippey. Dan. I would never promote any. I never, and people know me, I don't ever try to push a kid to commit anywhere. But you cannot not, double negative, I know I just killed mo- most English teachers. Yeah, you did. You do not not want to play for Dan Hawkins. Forget Urban, just forget Urban Meyer and, and Nick Saban for a second. My guy, Coach Hawk. Who do you got? Who's up? We want to take it to another area. I'm going to take it to San Diego really quickly. <laughs> We're going to talk about your guy, Chris Brown, over at El Camino. He went and did his thing. 169 and four touchdowns and a win versus Torrey Pines. How about our quarterback with a repeat performance, Bradley Jeremiah? Really like this guy from Christians High School, Greg. 29 of 39, 354 and five touchdowns. 
How about the big-time receiver committed to San Diego State, J.R. Justice? J.R. The son of? The great David Justice. Absolutely. The who left-hander. was married at one time to? Halle Berry. My daughter's name is Halle. Not just because of her, but we had that name in mind after watching Swordfish. It's a good movie. You ever it, see Swordfish? Yeah, it is. It's I remember like, seeing Halle Berry in Swordfish. She was, uh, she was, she was pretty cool. She was very cool. That's, so, that's a good word. Shout out to J.R. Justin at St. Augustine High School. Six for 142 and two touchdowns. Heard he played a monster game. Noah Tublin, 320 yards, five touchdowns versus Marietta Mesa. Excuse me, Mira Mesa. Not versus. He plays for Mira Mesa. Noah Tublin, 320 yards and five touchdowns. Mission Heels, Chris. Tubs for Tublin. Chris Olave, eight for 148. How about the little brother of Ezekiel Noah, Eli Noah? 19 carries, 174 for Helix. Carson Baker for Helix, the quarterback, also threw for four touchdowns. Big time game for him. Kajan Duncan for Chula Vista, nine carries, 137, two touchdowns. Dejon Thomas from Lincoln. He had an 85-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, 63-yard and 55-yard punt returns for touchdowns, and he had a 23-yard run from scrimmage for a touchdown. Big-time game for Dejon Thompson out of Lincoln. Jack Tuttle, the four-star quarterback at Mission Hills, he had four touchdown passes. Oceanside's Kyron Beecham, he rushed for 171 and had a 70-yard touchdown reception. Spent time at quarterback, running back, Receiver and safety. Guy played five positions last game. Those are my San Diego guys, That's it, Greg. From San Diego. Yep. How about I got a guy from St. Mary's up in Stockton. Okay. You know who they play this week? A team called Modern Day. Ooh. It's doing a little bit of research. They okay. got a running back named Dusty Frampton. Dusty. 29 carries. Yep. 336 yards. Mm-hmm. Four touchdowns. Nice. 336 yards and four touchdowns. So you know what they want to do. They want to run the ball. Modern day this week. That should be a fun one to watch. Buchanan High School has a guy in the 2020 class, Kendall Milton. Oh, yeah. We talked on the way here about Kendall Milton. I don't say this very often, but this guy looks to me like a future five-star kid. I mean, he is special. I see some. I see a, a little combination of a little Najee Harris and Joe Mixon. Mm. When I see this kid, he had 17 carries for 248 and four touchdowns. He's doing that every single week. I think he's had over 200 every every single game. I love his running style. He's a big six one six two kid. He's long, but he's got he's got little man feet. Yeah. He can dance a little bit, but not unnecessarily. I don't like I don't like unnecessarily dancing. Yeah, sure. Get up What's the necessary? Field, yeah, but he'll make you miss. Nice, and then go. How about Tustin High School? Casey Carr, 40 carries. Oh. That's like the average for, for Tustin High School back in the Myron Miller days. Oh, yeah. The Tustin Tiller, Myron Miller. 358, five touchdowns, mm. and a big 35 to 24 win over Chibuco Hills. Casey Carr. The parents aren't, aren't screaming about sharing the ball with other players? Do parents do that? Huh. That's just U6, right? That's it. That's interesting. <laughs> How about 40 carries, 358, and five touchdowns for KC Carr? That's huge. But you know who came out of Chibuco Hills? You know who their head coach was not too long ago? I don't. A guy named Jason Negro. That's right. He left Chibuco Hills to go coach at St. John Bosco, and the rest is history. And then Tony Henney went there. No, I don't think Tony Henney went there. Yeah, he was at Chibuco Hills, won a CIF championship. You sure about this? I am 
absolutely sure. You're, you're, you're trying, you're trying so hard nope. to get Tony Henney coaching nope. at every Tony school. Tony Henney, he went to Trabuco Hills after winning a CIF championship where he was before. Went to Trabuco Hills, won a CIF championship the next year at Trabuco Hills, then left for Westlake. I think he was at Modern A before Rawlinson came. No, he wasn't. <laughs> How about a guy, Pacifica High School? You talked about Ben Jefferson a few times. Yep. Uh, he went off again. 15 to 17. Yep. 209, two touchdowns, rushed for 138 and four more touchdowns. And Isaac Togia, one of our favorite linebackers, had a nice little game with 10 plus tackles, 106 yards rushing and three touchdowns. A nice, nice little two-headed monster out of Pacifica. Who do you got? You good? You got some more guys for us? I got a little juice. Okay. Let's take it to Nevada. Our guy, Brandon Cajo. 11 carries, 236, Greg. Three touchdowns. Also had 13 tackles on defense and interception. 6'2", 220, 455 speed. Oh, legit. Brandon is my guy. He could win a buckus someday in college. He's that good. He's really, really good, Greg. And spent some time with him this offseason. What a great kid. We had a lot of fun hanging out, talking. I remember seeing Kyle. him in eighth grade, and I had a feeling he was going to be really good. No, nah, I didn't see Brandon him in eighth Kyle. grade, but I've seen him in eleventh grade. Thanks to my guy, your guy, Blair Angulo, sent me some tape of him. Blair saw him in eighth grade, probably. Probably. Blair, Blair's dialed in. And it's a great segue. Speaking of eighth grade, let's take it to Bishop Gorman. They got a ninth grader, Maa Gaotioti. He's the younger brother of number one linebacker on the West Coast, maybe in the country, Paliee Gaudioti. Yay. He's a freshman stud. Got a chance to see him not play, just got a chance to watch him walk around the Gorman game. And, man, is he studly looking. About 5'11", about 190, built like a brick wall. Hmm. Impressive looking kid. But want to move on to the game. Yeah. Gorman, Dallas Howard, we're going to talk about this later, but Brevin Jordan was lights out. Six catches, 136, and a touchdown. Dorian Thompson-Robinson showed great poise in the pocket, threw the ball down the field really well. Speedy Naylor's four catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. But I thought the most dominant presence in the game, Adam Plant Jr., the big six foot five, 245-pound defensive end for Gorman. He had 14 tackles, Greg. He had a sack. He also had a 40-yard fumble return for a touchdown where he was moving. I thought he dominated on the edge. Good for you, Adam for Plant. Yeah. You don't see too many defensive ends making that, that kind of tackle, but obviously Davis Howard runs at Veer, so yeah. you're set up to set up set you up for success game. if you can play. And yeah, absolutely. Obviously he, he can definitely play. So that, that ends my Vegas numbers, but uh, good game. I had Heritage running back. One of my favorite guys going to Montana, Steele, Sherrod White, with 19 carries for 236 yards and three touchdowns. Heritage is just a really good football team. They they just, as physical as you're going to find. How about Orange Lou quarterback Ryan Helensky? Did it again over 400 yards passing, 30 of 37. Nice. That's hard to do against air. Only seven incomplete balls hitting the ground. 430 yards with three touchdowns. Spreading the ball around to a host of different receivers. We had Ranch Cucamonga. I, I, I just might mention this kid a little bit earlier. A little earlier, a little later yeah. in the show. Got him Cam Stevens from Rancho at Junior Corner. He had two picks, one to the house, pick six. How about Calabasas sophomore quarterback Jaden Casey? 
there hasn't been much of a drop-off at all from Tristan Jebbia, who I liked. Now at Nebraska, Jaden, 18 of 24 for 274 and four touchdowns, two each for Micah Pittman and Michael Wilson. Sure. How dynamic is that duo right there? Man, that's, that's as good as you can get as far as a duo. I and, guess, and they'll be back next year. Yeah, they're special. One's a junior, one's a sophomore. I mean, you can make an argument. I love Kyle Ford over at Orange Lou. But, I mean, Michael Micah Pittman's going to be in that discussion for best receiver out west next year, and Johnny Wilson might be the best sophomore receiver. So you can have an argument that shit, Calabasas has got two dudes and a sophomore quarterback. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. How about Servite? He did it again. TJ McMahon. Uh-oh. Last week, he threw for two and rushed for three. This week, he threw for three and rushed for two. Nice. That's five touchdowns in back-to-back weeks for Mr. TJ McMahon. You know they have a guy on the team named Cade Fuller. Oh yeah, that's who, my guy. Who, you know how long you know how long I've known Cade Fuller? Since eighth grade. No, keep going. Since first grade. Keep going. Since he was born. <laughs> <laughs> so my son and Cade played t-ball together. Oh wow. Yeah, like five six years old. Nice. Cade's a stud soccer player, and he was a good baseball player too. Just a good all around athlete. Obviously punter kicker. Sure. But uh, he was a really good baseball player. But soccer. Yeah. He's he's a good athlete. But Servite's got a lot of dudes. But TJ McMahon, statistically, has been putting up some really nice numbers. How about Oaks Christian? They got the quarterback situation figured out. Sure. Marco Siderman. Side the sophomore. Sophomore, yes, sir. Sure. Yes, sir. How's this? 19 of 22. Oh. For two, 10, and three touchdowns. And one of our favorite sophomore receivers, Bryce Farrell. Nine catches for 143 and one touchdown. So I think Oaks is kind of getting stuff together. No doubt. Zach Charbonnet, love him, and his recruitment is kind of blown. He's got eight offers now, Charbonnet does. Yep. Uh, Pharrell is going to be a guy with double-digit offers, and if Marco Siderman can keep playing like this, Kayvon and the Calverts are both playing well. Watch out for Oaks Christian, the Lions. How about Chaminade High School? Let's do it. I think that five interceptions in that blowout went over Bakersfield. I don't think Bakersfield used to not even throw the ball five times in a game. Maybe they shouldn't throw they the ball. They need to go back to that. Maybe they shouldn't <laughs> throw the ball, too. No, I think they had I think they had four completed passes and five interceptions. That's not a very good ratio at all. But Dallas Taylor Cortez had two of those interceptions. Blake Anzalatos had one. I think he had about 42 tackles as well. Michael Wilson had three touchdowns. Ryan Stevens had three touchdowns. Michael Wilson had all of his touchdowns. Michael Wilson's just a, a big-time player. Really good football player. Yep. Long Beach Poly, I mentioned earlier, Elijah Griffin, Jalen Hall uh, was a fun matchup. But you know what? Jalen Hall still got his. He got six catches for 125 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a matchup not just with Elijah, but shoot, Chris Mitchell on the other side was really good, too. They got yeah. two studs. And talking to some of the old school Long Beach Poly coaches that were there after the game, they're like, dude, they got two guys. It looked like they used to, those are the kind of guys we used to have right. at Poly. So Jalen had a good game, uh, and Jermaine Lole was really good off the edge. He's got a burst, man. He's really explosive out the head. Probably had at least that I saw two or three tackles for loss. You know, it's so hard to watch Polly because those no- you cannot see the jersey numbers at all. It's really hard to see him. I've heard that. I'm not trying to be like Eric Sondheimer, who's always complaining about it. Oh, Sondi. I, I like Sondi. He was there next to me. Yeah. Going, I can't see the numbers. Yeah. That was a pretty bad Sondi impersonation. I'm like, hey man, I, it I can't. Terrible. See- I can't see it either, Sondi. Yeah. So you, basically, but you have to go watch the huddle tape to actually watch the game that you just saw in person. You have to go watch the that film yeah. to see. But you just see Jermaine Lole off that edge. And uh, I know you asked about the Markham twins. They're both really good-looking athletes. And they're both long and athletic. Had those frames. I think Kiwan had a pick. 
And then uh, Keon, uh, they, they couldn't really get the passing game, game going too much. We'll talk about that one later on. But uh, props to Jaden Hall. Props to Jermaine Lole. And I think, is that it for me? Do you have anybody else? I got a little bit more juice in my tank. I got one more guy. I got one more guy. Go with it. You can finish this off. Go, knock it down. I got two more. Don Lugo, repeat performer. Don Lugo, running back. Was this one of your guys? No, but Corey Bethley. Corey Bethley. Yeah. Uh, Every game over 200 yards for him. He had 21 carries for 209 and three touchdowns. All three of those touchdowns were in the second half. They rallied and won that game. So, again, uh, that 209 is his lowest output of the season. So, Corey Bethley getting it done. And then Villa Park, Zachariah Holyfield. They got spanked by Servite, but it wasn't because of Zachariah Holyfield. He had a great game with 10 tackles, one interception, a quarterback sack. This is the guy who played at Centennial last year, started at Centennial last year. was a really good-looking guy. Those guys tried to go to Corona, and uh, it got bonged, so he's at Villa Park now making some plays. Zachariah Holyfield, for me, is looking like a, a legitimate D1 linebacker. He's got a couple offers right now, but... He's good. Keep your eye on Zachariah Holyfield. And that's it for me. Finish us off. You know what? Really quickly, GB, I want to go back to a couple things that you said. Kendall Milton, you dropped some serious names, Joe Mixon and Najee Harris. That's a, a, a high, high acclaim. And I know you really love this kid. I can't wait to see him live. Kendall Milton, big shout out to you. Also, my Servite Friars. Hey, Friars, keep doing your thing, baby. Coach Keith is rooting for you. Hey, I cannot wait until Trinity League's play starts and we get those big matchups week in and week out. My Friars are going to be giant killers. Watch what I tell you. Rumor has it, were you invited to give a little pre-game pep talk before a game this year? Is that, is yeah. that I heard a rumor. Is that true or is that just I cannot internet fiction? confirm and I will not deny that that rumor is true and or not true. I want to. I want someone to videotape that. Are you gonna go a little Al Pacino every given any given? That's my all time favorite. Any given Sunday, the the one inch. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about that pep yeah, talk. I do. Can you you gotta go one a little? One inch is the difference between winning and losing. Living win and dying. And dying. Living that, and dying. That is one of the. You gotta go with that one. Bring that one out. Hey, I can't confirm or deny that Greg Biggins is between myself and those Servite Friars. So shout out to my Friars out there doing their stuff. They're hot, man. Hot as a firecracker. Want to take you to Utah real quick. Jacob Pungy is a running back from Pine View. 25 carries, 194, one touchdown. Bronson Barron, quarterback from American Fork, 30 for 42, 401, seven touchdowns, Greg. He's got 22 touchdowns on the season. Sione Molissi, Sione Molissi, he's a running back from East, 13 carries, 134, four touchdowns. Jansen, excuse me, Johnson Hansen, a DN, nine tackles from three sacks. He also goes to East High School. Coop Legas, Oregon. Excuse me, Orem High School. It's a quarterback. <laughs> I'm sorry. 14 of 18, 243, three touchdowns. Also rushed 11 times for 100 yards. That's Coop Legas from Orem High School. Dax Milne. He's a wide receiver from Bingham. Three receptions, 112, two touchdowns. Also had a 44-yard punt return for a touchdown. Ben Ford, quarterback from East. Seven carries, 53 yards. Check, check, reset. He threw for five. He was five for five for 157 yards, two touchdowns, and carried the ball seven times for 53 yards. Charlie Vincent, a running back from East, six carries, 122, two receptions, 121, two touchdowns. So that are those are my Utah top performers. Shout out to my guys in Utah. Level up elite camp, shooting me stats from the Utah group. 
Appreciate you, love you. Keep bringing it as I'll keep bringing the funk. I got one more. Go! I, I forgot about this kid. Go! Valencia. Oh, yeah. Who just steamrolled Newberry Park. That was a rough one for Newberry Park. They got banged up the week before. Didn't have a whole lot of uh, help for our guy Cam Rising, but Valencia quarterback Connor Downs. How about this and a half? Five of eight for 206 and four touchdowns. Wow. Not a bad half of football. Valencia is really good. Jeez. That's a top 20 team in the Southern Section. They're undefeated. <laughs> they have a matchup in two weeks against Calabasas. Nice. Hopefully they both stay undefeated. I think they will. And I think they're on a collision course, Greg. They're it's on a, a Thursday night game. We might have to make a road trip out to Calabasas. We might have to make a road trip. And they're on a collision course with Upland in that Division Two, CIF Division Two, Greg. I'm telling you, Valencia Upper is going to be a show stopper. Got to get by Rancho Cucamonga for Upland. Got to get by, get by yeah, Calabasas yeah, exactly. if you're Rancho, Don't absolutely. Count your chickens. No question about it. Yeah. So, really like that. I forgot a couple guys, Greg, up in Utah. Go Chase Roberts, Go American it. Fork wide receiver, 2019 kid, BYU commit. 210 yards and three cut touchdowns on 11 catches. Give that name one more time. I was talking through it. Chase Roberts, okay. American Fork High School, 2019 BYU commit. Cade Moore, wide receiver out of Lehigh, 279 yards on 14 catches and three touchdowns. That does it. Shout out to Level Up Elite Camps for shooting me the stats. Shout out. So top performers doing it big. You ball out. We show love. You fall out. We call you out. That's just how we do it over here at the Transparent Truth, baby. And, and if we're missing you, man, text us, right? Yeah, DM, DM us. DM us text on us. Twitter. We're going to verify the numbers, obviously. We're not going to have a kid say, yeah, I, I threw for 582 yards last week. And it's, you know, we don't count if you're playing the Frost Off team. Nothing wrong with that, but we're only kind of reading Seven off. o'clock games. We're only reading the clock to seven o'clock games on a Friday or Saturday. But hit us up. And we'll give those social media drops at the very end of the day. But, yeah, absolutely. Let us know. And we'll keep an eye on you for next week. But if we missed you, apologies. But let us know. And we'll definitely get you shouted out on the show. Yeah, no doubt. Because it's a lot of fun. We love shouting you guys out. We love highlighting top performers. There's so many guys. It's kind of hard for us to look them all up and and see it. So we're going to miss guys. Absolutely. It's It's a lot of work. No question about it. So we want to move along in our podcast right now. We have our Sleeper of the Week. Our Sleeper of the Week presented to you by Sit and Sleep, our guy Larry Miller. You're killing me, Larry! Is that a little bit better? That was better. Okay. That actually was better. I've I've practiced a little bit. Okay. So our guys are at Sit and Sleep showing us love, sponsoring the show. My guy GB is responsible for our Sleeper of the Week this week. I think he's got a big-time guy out in the Inland Empire. GB, hit us with it. I do have a guy. I mentioned him earlier, and it's kind of hard for me to say he's a a super sleeper because he does have an offer. From Nevada, but Rancho Cucamonga Junior Corner Cameron Stevens, he checks off all the boxes. He's five eleven with long arms. He's going to be six feet by next year. Okay. He runs really well. Okay. He makes plays on the ball, not on people's jerseys. I like that. He missed his sophomore year because hmm. he tore his ACL at the end of his freshman year. We're kind of going back and forth a little bit, DM, and I honestly said, hey, the blessing, so he didn't get to play a lot of 7-on-7 the last couple years. The blessing is, you know, he didn't pick up a lot of those bad habits that a lot of people see. He's not clutching, grabbing, holding, which you can do and get away with in 7-on-7, then you carry over to the field and you see people constantly doing it. 
this kid plays it the right way. He's got really good feet. He's active. He's aggressive. I mentioned the ball skills. He had the two picks this past weekend. One of them was spectacular, acrobatic interception. The other one, he took it to the house. Cameron Stevens is a guy who I think, I don't know the academic situation with him. I do know he's a good kid, solid kid. This is a guy who could be a double-digit type of offer kid. He's playing at a big-time school, making a lot of big-time plays. Sure. And again, he has the length, he has the skill set, and he has the feet and the top-end speed to play at a high, high level. If I'm a college, I'm going to be watching Cameron Stevens pretty closely. They're only using Jeremiah Cradell offensively right now, which I'm not sure I totally agree with that. I think you put your best players on defense if that's where they're going to be. But I think one of the reasons why they can get away with it, they're playing Jeremiah so much on offense, is because Cam's doing so well locking down one side of the field on defense. So for me, my sleeper, a guy who didn't play a lot, no 7-on-7 film, no sophomore film, but Cam Stevens has two more years to go. Watch out for this guy, my sleeper of the week, Cameron Stevens, Ranch Cucamonga. Cam Stevens, shout out to you. And if you haven't been listening to the show, if you have been listening, our sleepers of the week, they pretty much are getting big-time offers really, really soon after being sleeper of the week. Not, you know, thanks to us, but just making big-time plays in a big-time environment. So shout-out to Cam Stevens, our sleeper of the week here on The Transparent Truth. We want to move right along. Maybe a little thanks to us. Maybe just a little. Yeah. We, we, I don't we, like to take much credit. You'd love to Unless take credit. Unless you're talking credit. about the, the Oaks Christian take... defense. <laughs> and Servite's performance for this year. Just, yeah, you, you yeah I'll take a little credit for that. So we want to recap our games from this past week, Greg. A lot of good games, a lot of top-end games or high-end games from last week. We're also going to take it to Nevada. They had a national ranked, nationally ranked game out there. But we want to start off looking at the games from last week. Who won, who did well, who didn't do so well. GB, won't you get us cracking? Yeah, let's start off with that Oaks Christian Alamany game. I think Alamany's having a, a nice little bounce back year. It hasn't been reflected yet with wins and losses, but they're competitive every single week. James Washington over there. But Oaks Christian took them down 30 to 24. Alamany was driving late in the game. Oaks is, Oaks is up. We already kind of rambled off the numbers for, for Satterman, for Pharrell, for Charbonnet. But Alamany drives to the Oaks 27-yard line. It's fourth down. They're going for it. Bo Calvert off the edge. Sack game over. Oh, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations. Now, I don't know if it was the exact last play of the game, but shoot, I'm going with it anyway. Just go with it. Just say third down, fourth down, who cares? It was close enough. Bo, USC commit made the big-time play off the edge. Oaks Christian takes down Alamany in a very close, tight 30-24 to win for the Lions. Again, sounds like the Oaks Christian defense steps up to the plate, answers the bell, shows their medal, and closes out the game in a strong fashion on that last drive versus Alamay. I know Alamay kind of got romped a couple of weeks ago, so it was good to see them back, bounce back and play a highly competitive physical football game versus Oaks Christian. Sounds like it was a, a dandy uh, out there in the valley, so... Um, good to hear. Good to hear. Solid game. Comes down to the last drive. I like to hear about games like that. Oaks Christian with the win. They're hot, Greg. They've won three in a row, and they're looking good moving forward. Looking good. This is a game we, we talked a little bit about and thought this might be somewhat close. But Valencia just took apart Newberry Park. Final score was 48-7. to 
it was 48 to nothing at halftime. So Valencia didn't even try to move the ball, obviously. After that, you know, Larry Muir is, is a class act. 48 to zero at the half. And I mean, how many times has a Cam Ryzen team been shut out for a, a quarter, more or less a half? And, and like I said, the story I heard, they were just super banged up from the week before. A couple receivers were out. Mm. Even, uh, even Cam was banged up. He took a, a lot of shots the week before when they played Westlake. But a couple standouts for that Valencia team. Mentioned the quarterback already. Uh, we had Moses Haynes, the running back, had three touchdowns. So you had Moses Haynes with three. You had Connor Downs with the four touchdowns passing. That's seven touchdowns right there. That's a lot of firepower. Valencia, they can really get after the quarterback. You know, they got a couple of dudes that can really get after it. They got a good, strong secondary. Always compete really, really well in seven on seven. It translates to the field when your guys who are playing corner and safety can actually play well. And you put pressure on the quarterback, you can cover. You got a tough defense. Greg, I listened to last week's show while I was on the treadmill the other day. And one thing we talked about last week was how Valencia took Calabasas that had Darnay Holmes and Gabea and Johnson and Buki Radley House. They took those guys to the to the wire last year in a game. And so that was a Valencia team with a bunch of sophomores. Now these guys are a bunch of juniors, and they, they're ready right now, Greg. Yeah. You know, I think next year they're going to be phenomenal, but right now they're a great, great high school football team, and they are putting the smash down on opponents stepping into their zone. I really like Valencia. <laughs> they're on a collision course first with Calabasas and that Division Two with 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 Rancho, I believe, and Upland. Man, it's gonna get big time in the kind of that semifinal deal. Really like Valencia. I'm gonna adopt them as my. I don't know. I like Upland a lot too, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I do. You got a lot of teams you're adopting here. Yeah, it's just kind of the guy I am. I like you know people that need love. I show love. Yeah, just kind I, I can appreciate I that. But I no. love Valencia. <laughs> I like Valencia too. I think I picked them going back to our week zero or our week one show. I think is it Cajon in that division too, or is Cajon's in a lower? Yeah, I think they're in a lower division. They're in a lower division than Division Two. Because that's another team that you've adopted as well, Cajon. They're, I like Cajon a pretty, lot. They're pretty lovable. Yep. But last year I did I did did some research as well on last year's Calabasas game. You know Valencia was up. 21 to 16 at yeah. the half, and yeah. then Calabasas without Darnay was hurt and didn't play the second half. Yeah, but they rallied and uh, Calabasas ended up winning 38 to 21. Yeah, so that second half, Jebia uh, just kind of just made a bunch of plays. Yeah, it was the Bookie Radley House show in the second half. Yeah, yeah he went so off. those both those teams, like you said, collision course in two weeks on a Thursday night. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, but again, not to get ahead of ourselves because I think Valencia. I think, let me look ahead at my notes real quick. They play Bakersfield, who just got hammered by uh, Chaminade. But the thing about Bakersfield is it's a physical team. So even you come out of that game with a win, you're kind of banged up a little bit. Yeah. Ice bass, for sure, and for everybody. And then you have a short week taking on Calabasas. On a Thursday night, like you mentioned. Yep, huh. at Valencia. Or excuse me, at Calabasas. Right. So that'll be interesting for sure. How about Servite Villa Park? Villa Park was undefeated. A really good Orange County team, and Servite just laid the wood. 47 to 14. Mentioned TJ McMahon with the five touchdowns. Titus Toller had a pick six. He's playing really well. Man, that's a good team. My Servite Friars. My Servite Friars. <laughs> hey, listen. I saw them in the scrimmage, and I was a believer then. I'm a believer now. And. 
they went around smacking people, man. They got athletes. They're physical up front. I think I called that game 55-14. You said, wait, well, what if, you know, what if Villa Park would have had their, their transfers? I said, still 55-14. The Surfrite Friars are for real. I'm telling you, they are for real. And they are putting the hammer on folks. I love their versatility of their athletes. McDuffie, Irvin, Lytle, uh, Hurt. McMahon, Cade Fuller, Cade Fuller. I love him <laughs> as a as a one high safety. When 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 Irvin is down in the box, Cade Fuller is six three and one ninety. He's long. He's got range. He's got ball skills. He picked one off against Sarah and took it to the house. Dude, imagine him going up for headers in a corner. I mean, this guy's a, a stud, a stud kid. Um, no, you don't have to sell me. I, I like Sir right a you lot. Like him a lot, man. Um, good program. Yes, uh, the players on the team. Um, are a very classy group of guys, gentlemen, too. Gentlemen. Dent used to like Servite back in the day. They're really mouthy. The fans are just... Okay. Yeah, you go to a basketball or... They're always right on top of the court. Call it the asylum. Okay. It's one of those deals where they just... It's, it can be intimidating a little bit. Uh, but they, they just... they just yeah, Kind of like Duke? Kind of like Duke. Yeah. A little bit like Duke. Yeah. But they didn't have the success of Duke. I got you. So it, it's loud, obnoxious banter without the titles. But, uh, yeah. Without is there, the anything, is there, anything, behind is there anything worse than that? It's a little irritating at that point. If you're going to jaw jack, you better have some some titles and banners. But but this group of Servite Friars, the yeah. football team, I do like them a lot. So I'm I'm on their, I'm a fan as well. I know some of the guys, and uh, I'm very happy that they're doing so well. Should we move on? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about Servite a little bit more? Anyone else you want to shout out? Man, I mean, I like so many of their players, Greg. They've they've got guys Robertson, the linebacker, the Krebs brothers, Lacientos, all the you know <laughs> the big offensive linemen. They average about two seventy five around the front. They get off the ball and they they hammer you. You know, it's a key a key part of that program is is Dwayne Page. He handles security at a lot of the games and I went to high school with Dwayne. He's also a baseball coach. So shout out to you, Dwayne Page. Shout out to D Page. You can't man. get into a game without going through my guy, D Page. Hey D Page, when I show up to a game, make sure you show love. All yeah, right. You can't get it. You better be nice to Dwayne if you want to go to a Servite game. I got you. He's a heck of a pitcher. Back in my back in my ocean. I'm looking days. for a pitching coach, D D Page. Dude, he, my six-year-old wants to be a pitcher. Dude, Dude, D will help you. How about San Clemente over Muria Valley? 62 to 27. Interesting game because Murata Valley just wasn't able to keep up with the high-powered San Clemente attack. And I'm I'm giggling on the inside because that's San Clemente doesn't have a high-powered attack. But shoot, Brendan Costello, like I mentioned before, he just went off. You know, San Clemente, you gotta give them credit. This is a guy, Costello, who tried it with the Mission Viejo. Competed for the job with Joey Yellen, right. uh, lost the job, transferred over to San Clemente. He's eligible, and he's and he had a, a three-way competition, with, you know, over at San Clemente. The job was not given to him. Jaime Ortiz has not given the job to anybody. Costello wrestled the job away and has proven to be right in line with Travis Wilson, Sam Darnold, Jack Sears. They have a great history of quarterback play at San Clemente, and Costello, just a junior I don't know if he's the high-end D1 guy that those guys were. Those guys were all 6'4", and this sure. is probably closer to 5'11", 6 feet. Yeah. But he's a heck of a high school heck of a high school guy. They got a good defense. 
already mentioned Shippy. You have a linebacker, Rob Farney, who had three sacks and interception that game. And again, uh, Muir de Valley, I mean, they got they got theirs. Hank still threw for, you know, 245 and four touchdowns. Marquis Spiker had all four touchdowns. Wow. So that's not a bad game, right? We didn't right. even mention them in the in the top guys. I was kind of saving it for, for you know, doing the matchup. But four more touchdowns for Marquis Spiker. He's probably going to have 20 this year. Sure. Not exaggerating. He's going to have 20. Plus. Plus. Yeah. But San Clemente is uh, is undefeated. That's a good football team. Yeah, the Tritons are are really well, really well coached and just solid, top to bottom. On the matchup show last week, I called San Clemente sixty one, Marietta Valley, I think fifty eight or sixty one sixty. You did. And your comment, Greg, was San Clemente's not built to score that many points. And my response was. But they're playing Marietta Valley. Yeah, I'm, God, how bad is this defense? I mean, man, it's bad, man. I don't think San Clemente. I want to go. I want to go do the research, but I don't think San Clemente has scored that many points. Yeah, in a like ever. Greg, I've watched some tape. The Marietta Valley <clears throat> defense is. I mean, Swiss cheese is a over. Is a, that's an overstatement. I mean, it's bad. They're not stopping anybody, and like you said, San Clemente. They're not wired that way. But when you the other team puts up you know very little resistance, it's easy to score so many points. So Sacramento with the win, Coach Keith with the pick. How about that? How about that? How about this one? We said you know Cathedral looks good. Want to see him tested by a Division One program? Loyola isn't talked about when you ta- when you mention you know Bosco, Modern Day, Servite, Jay Sarah, but they are a D1 program. They've had had a good year. Only have one loss, which was to Jay Sarah. The Cubs have a blowout win over St. Augustine, yeah. who you rambled off those numbers. They have I mean JR sure. Justice, those are St. St. Augustine kids. Sure. They took down Cathedral 17 to 7, just completely shut down the Cathedral offense. Yeah. And um you know the, the story of the game was just locking up those receivers dropping seven, eight guys into the secondary, making it hard for Bryce to find guys, and yet still being able to press the quarterback with just a three-man rush. And, and that was that was the difference. It was very similar to the game plan that, that Bosco used against Modern Day. Rush three, drop eight, and if you can pressure the guy with just three guys, that's, that's tough to do. It's tough to find guys when you have eight in the secondary and you're having to run around and scramble still. That's really tough. Sounds like Cathedral couldn't match up up front, Greg. And what speaks to your knowledge and credibility, you talked about how the Division One programs, the difference is up front in the trenches on the matchup show. And it, that, that sounds like it reared its head last week. Cathedral couldn't match up in the trenches. Loyola got after Bryce, dropping eight and rushing three. Sounds like Cathedral needed to run the ball. Kind of take some pressure off Absolutely. their passing game. Absolutely, but it doesn't. I wasn't there, didn't see the film, but it doesn't sound like that happened. But shout out to Loyola, like you said, yeah. they shut down St. Augustine a few weeks ago, yep. and they put the clamp on superstar quarterback Bryce Young and the Cathedral Phantoms. So Loyola getting it done, doing nice a nice job, job. By the Cubs. Absolutely. So Rancho Cucamonga, this was this was a Keith Miller's upset special. You had Bishop Amont. Going for the upset over Rancho Cucamonga. I did. End up being a 31 to 7 Rancho win. But yeah. but I'd love to pile on you because it's fun. You you kind of hedged your bet by saying, hey, I want to know what happens with Blake Archuleta. He got hurt in the first quarter. Ah. Hurt the shoulder. Uh they picked off QB two four different times. Mentioned Cam Stevens, uh, our sleeper of the week. Yeah. He had two of those picks. 
Uh, Jeremiah Cardell had a touchdown. Just watching the f- some of the film, and those Rancho athletes are really legit. I mean, they can all really run. You know, Nick Acosta, the quarterback, is a smart kid. He's smart with the football. He gets those gets those guys open in space, and once they get in space, they can they can go. Yeah. They can do some things. So, how dollars do? Was he money? I think he had a touchdown. Okay. I, I don't know if it was a big game by him. I didn't see him in the stats, but on the film, I did see him rush in number five. Yeah, I saw number five run in there for a couple. I didn't, like I said, I didn't look up the stats, but uh, I'm curious how many yards he had. But he had a score. Cradell had a score. Um, again, picks six for Steven. So, hmm. just so many athletes. They they're, they're a physical team too. I think they under. Uh, I think people underestimate their their physicality. I think I kind of underestimated them after having that close win over Narco. Which was a, uh, I think it was a twenty to twenty-one win over Narco yeah. two weeks ago without Travis yeah. Die. Without Travis Die. So th- I think that's probably why we, we both thought Amont had a chance in this one. But uh, props to the Cougs. You know they we, remain undefeated. You know we talked last week, Greg, about you know how 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 smart is it because you know we're just third party. We're kind of looking from the sidelines to load up that non-league schedule, and like you said, Bishop Amont, they don't turn down a fade. But attrition, right? Yeah. Blake Archuleta gets hurt in the first quarter. I'm sure this wasn't the first shot he's taken in the preseason or the non-league. Goes out, and they kind of get mopped up by Rancho Cucamonga and their athletes. Bishop Amont taking it on the chin. QB2 struggling. Rancho has the athletes to take advantage of that, and uh, they blow them out. My upset, my upset, my upset <coughs> special goes in the tank. With Blake Archuleta with it, Bishop Vermont needs to bounce back quick before league play. I tell you that. Yeah, for sure. They need a they need a nice little walkover type of a game just, just to get some just get some confidence. Go schedule Hawkins. <laughs> go ahead. How, how about Jay Sarah? Yeah, taking down Vista Murrieta, who's also played a brutal schedule. I think Vista Murrieta's zero and four, but I think all four losses are probably the top twenty teams. Twenty-six to nine was the final, but it was fourteen to nine with just five minutes left in that game. Uh, Matt Robinson he went deep a couple times, hit Munir McLean for a seventy-seven yarder to really kind of put the dagger in that one. Al Fisher had a couple touchdowns. It's a really good looking running back. But uh, Jay Sarah defensively, you know they got after it. They really held Vista Murata down. Uh, again, nine points offensively. Uh, a lot of penalties couple touchdowns called back not really much of a flow in that one so uh, still a big believer in Jay Sarah Vistin Muretta has 80, 85 football players on their team it's a proud program you're not going to walk over them like you know a few teams have I think La Habra was able to steamroll them and so did Mission Viejo but uh, now, overall uh, Vista Muretta mentioned Bishop Mont- Vista Muretta would like I'd like to see them win a game as well maybe I, I don't know who they, they play next week I'm going to look that up but uh, Jay Sarah keeps winning. How about this stat? I don't know. The Trinity League has only lost one game. One game. Yeah. They have six teams in that division. The only loss was the Bosco-St. Thomas Aquinas loss win. Reality was, I think Bosco is probably the better team. Yeah, I agree. The Trinity League could be undefeated right now. Yeah. That's Servite, San Margarita, Orange Lou, Marde, Bosco, and Jay Sarah. Six teams, one loss, collectively. And all six of those teams... They're playing. They're playing some high-level teams. They're not playing, you know, kind of the dreads of society. No. So that, that's a – I can't – do league play starts in two more weeks every single week. It's going to be a It's going to be a heavyweight fight. Bloodbath. Every week. Yep. You're going to see some attrition 
you know, in that one too. Depth will definitely pay dividends for those those training league teams um, that are going to be. I mean, it's going to be a war week in and week out. And depth will be very, very important. That's why I think guys like Bosco and Modern Day are so well suited uh, to make a big Trinity League run. They just have more depth than everybody else. But I venture to say the team that can stay healthy, mm-hmm. which be, essentially says the, te- the luckiest team has the best shot of beating those two heavyweights, staying healthy with their wands, and then catching those guys maybe on an off day because we know they're 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 supremely talented and. You know, with all things being equal, they're going to be the favorite in every game in the Trinity League. Yeah, so I totally agree. And, yeah. and piggy, kind of piggybacking on that. So it, it kind of, if they're going to upset Mare Bosco, it, it's not like it might be early, right? When you're fresh, if you're if you're Orange Lou or if you're Santa Margarita, by the end of the league play, you might be banged up a little bit. It's going to be kind of hard to upset a, a Bosco Mare because your hurt players, uh, your your second, your third guys are not going to be as good as Bosco Mare's second, and third guys because everyone's going to have some injuries. Everyone's going to be tired and sore and banged up. But gosh, Bosco Mare just send send waves and waves of players at you. How about Shamanad taking Bakersfield? Just abs to the just absolute to the woodshed again. Bakersfield's a get a traditional power. I think they won a CF title last year. Played for a state game, forty three to fourteen. That was a big a big Shamrod win. Five interceptions. Another big game for Ryan Stevens. Michael Wilson with the offense. Both those guys were clicking. I, I didn't again hear a lot about that game, so I don't know how our guy Andrew Van Bully did. But shoot, Stevens had it working defensively again. Mention those guys locking down Dallas Taylor Cortez and Anzalados and up front. Every week we mention Governor and Gahuli. Uh, Shamanad just really a, a really well rounded team. It's kind of hard to say really well rounded. And Bakersfield just end of the game they were ready to tap out. Just didn't want none. We've sung the praises of Shamanad, Greg, over the course of these first three to four weeks. I want to give a shout out to big defensive tackle, big defensive tackle Alex Gubner. Very, very impressed with this kid. He is in the center of the Chaminade defense. He's physical at the point. He's aggressive to the football. He's relentless in pursuit. Watch him go sideline to sideline. You mentioned this, uh, I believe, last week in the Bosco game. Yeah. Uh, great hustle. And the guy has no quit in him. I think scholarship offers are going to start rolling around in the kind of mid-major to upper, excuse me, to lower um, – you know, BCS-level schools, coaches, college coaches, Alice Gubner from Chaminade. Greg, can you co-sign about 6'2"? Oh, absolutely. To 6'3", probably about the, 280 pounds. Maybe after quarterback, what's the hardest position to find out west? It's probably D-tackles, right? Yeah. We, just don't have, we just don't get a lot of them out yeah. here for whatever this reason. This kid is big. He's aggressive. He's athletic. He plays very, very hard. I watched him take on double team after double team and defeat it versus Bosco. Really like that guy. Shamanai, we we've loved their team already. They put the took these guys from Bakersfield behind the woodshed and absolutely smoked them. Love it. Hey, Coach Hawk, UC Davis, let's go. Let's offer this kid right now. <laughs> if they haven't offered him yet, Greg, somebody needs to be giving you a phone call and apologizing. Alex Gubner. I don't know the grade situation by hopefully you're getting it done in the classroom, Alex. That's a that's you know, if you can, you're a coach. I mean, maybe shout out to those kids. Make sure, man, grades yep. are just as important as everything else. Ain't no question. More important, Greg. More important. I totally agree with you. 
this is a, this is a really close game for a while. Orange Lutheran and, and Norco, and, and, and Norco again. Don't, don't mean it's like a broken record. Norco has t- taken on just about anyone they, uh, anyone and anyone, anyone and everyone. Orange Lutheran prevailed forty-one to twenty-eight, but start of the fourth quarter, this was a twenty-seven to twenty-one game. Orange Lutheran up by just six going into the fourth quarter. Travis Dye was running the football. He had 151 yards and a touchdown. And then Ryan Helensky just kind of took over. Took over. Too many weapons. I think Logan Loya had a pair. Kyle Ford had a pair. Watching some of the uh, some of the clips on Kyle Ford. It's like watching a college receiver. Mm. I mean, he looked he looked so good. Just he's so big and quick and fast and he catches the ball so well. But this guy's a really tough cover. But no, shout out to Narco. They may have found some a, a couple chinks in Orange Lou's armor. This was the, really the first game that Orange Lou was tested, and I think the thing was Orange Lou wasn't able to run the football that effectively. They had to kind of you kind of run the clock out. Uh, they had to kind of use Helensky throwing it to really run the clock out. So if there is a chink in the Orange Lou armor, and we've said this kind of before, it's you know going back to the summer. If, do they have enough offensive linemen? Yeah, you know, to really battle those big boys, they can throw the ball skill wise. For skill wise, they got they got dudes. They got you know, I think JoJo Hawkins might have had an interception, if not two, this past week. I think JoJo Forrest had one the previous week, but I think JoJo Hawkins this week had two picks. Secondary is strong, but up front, can they stop people and can they run the football effectively? Can they be physical? Yeah, when they need to be. Uh, Narco was able to be uh, maybe either as or even more physical. That's not a great comparison because Narco is a physical team up front with those four guys returning. But look for that in the future. Orange Lou plays Heritage this weekend. Yeah, Heritage is they play mean and, and aggressive. That's going to be a really really good game. Heritage is not a, a team that Orange Lou should overlook at all going into Trinity League play. That may be my upset special this week, Greg. I saw your eyes kind of dancing a little bit. Yeah, when I that man, one. Uh, that Heritage team they can play. They got your guy Sherrod White, I believe his name is. He's a big time player. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. So shout out to the Norco offensive line, man. Those guys they get it done year in and year out up. Front, always good up front, no question. This is a game that you were watching. From watching, uh, I know taking some taking some notes. Centennial yep. over Narbonne, and we, yep. again we talked about this one. One of the games we really highlighted last week quite a bit. Uh, Centennial took down Narbonne, fifty-two to six. I mean, nobody beats Narbonne like that. Nobody. I Man, I don't think UCLA would beat Narbonne fifty-two to six. Yeah. Centennial just a different animal, and I totally agree with. I think you tweeted something. Centennial, again, everyone is mentioning two schools over and over and over again, but Centennial right now is as good as any school in the country. A healthy Tanner McKee, and guess what? They're undefeated with a win over IMG, who I think some people might have ranked number one overall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a Max Preps poll or, or one of those polls. A healthy Tanner McKee and Centennial is undefeated with the with the best win on their schedule over any of these teams. Talk about that one. I know you're watching. Yeah, you know quite a bit. Yeah, fifty-two to six. Yeah, didn't make it out to Long Beach Poly game. Got a chance to stay home with my three kids and my wife and watch the Narbonne game. It was a mismatch, Greg. From kickoff till. The final whistle, it was a absolute mismatch. And I'm a big Narbonne Gauchos guy. Love Manny Douglas, Brandon Malemaleuna over there coaching those Gauchos. Jalen Chapman at the quarterback spot. But it was just a mismatch, man. Up front, Centennial absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. Their defensive line and linebackers 
attacked the football relentlessly. They played in Armand's backfield. They had Jalen Chapman running for his life on the edges in terms of the perimeter of their defense. They got a young cornerback, Isaiah. Isaiah Young? Isaiah Young, yeah. number five. I saw him in eighth grade. Man, the guy made plays. Well, that's Kelsey's younger brother. Remember Kelsey Young went yeah, to Stanford? Yeah, yeah, went so to Kelsey. That's, that's why, his younger that's brother. That's why I knew Isaiah, yeah. Oh, so I've been seeing Isaiah sense. for a little bit. Man, the guy He's is a, good a natural. Oh, yeah. Greg, guy's a natural. Nobody could get separation on this kid. He had his hands on the ball three or four times. We know about Gary Bryant. He caught the ball in the slot. Tanner McKee was about 60%, Greg. I mean, he was, was limping, he limping out a little there. bit. Yeah. Which was a little funny to see. We just wanted to make sure he protected himself, but they had two running backs running hard. One had four touchdowns. I think Octavio Cortez, Cortez had the bigger had game. He's been Thomas Kinslow. Kinslow shoot, ran hard, both. though. They're he was both. physical. 190, 5'9. Just Pritchard was boom. very active on defense. Good for you, Cam. Drake Jackson is a man child on the edge. Let me tell you, he abused the Narbonne offensive line out on the edge. And it was a mismatch. I mean, Centennial dominated, Greg. I mean, it was 52 to nothing, you know, fourth quarter. And, I mean, they let their they, they took their foot off the gas. I've never seen Narbonne get destroyed like that since the 80s when they had a 70-something game losing streak. That's crazy to think back to that those days, huh? Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a tough one to watch. But, man, that, that Centennial team is really, really good. Anyone for Narbonne? How those linebackers for Narbonne? They got you know a couple good ones with Darian and yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you Raymond mentioned Scott, that because I, I was Julian getting ready Lewis to overlook the other guy, that. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> the Nar- hats off to those guys. Even though they got absolutely obliterated, those linebackers came to play. Raymond Scott had a pick that got called back, but it was a great play. Very, very impressed with Darian Butler. Physical, yeah, he's physical a banger. kid, yeah. man. And he stuck his nose in there. They were down 40 time and time again on goal line stands, and he was hitting. Julian Lewis also coming up banging. Scott coming off the edge banging, filling holes. Even though they were getting smacked around, those linebackers came to play. Also, Logan R- Ryan. Yes, Logan Taylor. Logan Taylor, I'm yeah. sorry. Logan Taylor, the safety, the safety, came up, made some good hits. Wanted to see you keep your head up, stay on your feet a little bit more, drive through contact, but I thought he made some good plays. Okay. Those linebackers, they did stand out for me. Good. Even though that they got slaughtered. Good. So Narbonne's good. They, got, they play St. Louis yeah. in Hawaii, yeah. who blew out Punahou. Whoa. Who I've been hyping a lot this year. So St. Louis isn't going to be a whole lot easier yeah. for the Gauchos. Come on, Gauchos. Yeah. Bounce back. Yeah. So Modern Day, got three more games left. We got Modern Day just blew apart Bergen Catholic, who was rated, I think, as high as number nine in the early preseason. They lost a the game before they played Modern Day. So we, we knew they weren't, obviously, impenetrable. But Modern Day just absolutely killed these guys. I had, I had a longtime buddy who goes to a lot of games just for the heck of it. He's just a high school football fan. He said this Modern Day was the most talented team he's ever seen. And he's been, he's been around longer than I have. He said yeah. Modern Day, player for player, he's never seen a team like this one right here. Offense, defense, and special teams. And the Modern Day special teams. How about Ryan Stonehouse? The punter? Ryan Stonehouse, the yeah, the kicker. Yeah, the punter Ryan Stonehouse, uh, the kicker is the one who had the game-winning field goal for USC. It's McGrath, McGrath, yeah, big time. Oh yeah, 
But JT Daniels did his thing, 300 yards and five touchdowns, didn't play, you know, second half. Amon Robb, May, C.J. Parks got a touchdown. Chris Street was making plays, blocking punts. It's just a total demolition right now. And those young guys in the secondary, you know, they just keep getting better and better. I mean, modern day is looking like a different animal right now. And I mean, like you said about Narbonne, no one does that to them. Bergen Catholic, no one really takes them out 62-14, to 14, and it wasn't that close. I mean, the pedal was off the gas early yeah. in that game. They've yeah. never been running clocked in their life. Yeah, they, they got annihilated from what I heard. Shout out to those young DBs, Zion Alafosio, Darian Green-Warren, and also my guy Elias Ricks out there locking down, wearing that number 12. I see you, big fella. Shout out to those modern day monarchs. They are super talented. Can't wait for that clash of the Titans October 13th. I'll be in the building. Mission Viejo. I was on the sidelines for this one. Took out Long Beach Poly 12 to 7. And it, it was one of those games where you're kind of hyped up. You know, you have Polly's Polly's got the best band. They're tr- it's just a great atmosphere. And it just doesn't really live up to it, only because it was just an ugly game. The refs were just bad. Yeah. I mean, not to put down, you know, city refs, but it felt like you're watching a city game. I mean, the refs are throwing flags for no reason. <laughs> uh, honestly, like they would, right in front of me, they'd throw a flag, you know, call a late hit on a hit that wasn't even late. Yeah. Or just, I mean, I've never seen this before. They, they took off a touchdown off the board from, from Mission Viejo on the one-yard line, illegal man downfield on the one-yard line, on a boom-boom play. Not a guy scrambling for eight minutes. Yeah. This was, I mean, it, it, it was a simple pass yeah. play. Yeah. But Mission Mejo's defense was really good. Uh, Matt Corral struggled. And, and again, you know, if you watch the, you know, a little bit of Josh Rosen, he used the term hero ball to describe his performance. He's just trying to do too much. Yeah. That was definitely Matt. You know, Matt threw four. Matt only threw three picks last year. He threw four in this game, and I think three came on the last three possessions in a row. And the thing with Matt that hurt, because I'm a fan of Matt. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still coughing like crazy. But the thing with Matt was he would make such an athletic play to escape the pass rush. If you're looking for a kind of a little bit of a, of a hole in Polly to be concerned about, it's their offensive line is really small. Mm-hmm. Probably the smallest O line I've seen Polly have in a lot of a lot of years. And Mishimiho is really good up front. They're fast. They blitz like crazy. Everyone, someone's always blitzing for Mishimiho. That's their defense. Yeah. So Matt would make such an athletic play to escape pressure. He's making two guys miss on every single pass protection. He'll roll out, and there'll be you know eight to ten yards of grass in front of him. And I'm not yelling, but I'm in my head going, Matt, just take the just run, take the eight yards, take the six yards, or just throw it out of bounds. But he's trying so hard to make a big play, similar to what Rosen was doing for UCLA. Because that's what makes him great. Sure. You know, Matt will make those plays. Sure. But against a tough defense, you know, he's throwing across his body late, and you can't do that. So I know Matt was just, you know, end of the game, man. He was, you know, a little inconsolable. You know, it was just... It was a 12 to 7 game. Yeah. So everyone's thinking, Matt, if we have Matt just playing an average game for us, we got a chance in that one. Again, over 200 yards of penalties. Both teams had over 100. Wow. So it wasn't like they favored one team over the other. They were just bad for both teams. Yeah. There was no flow. Uh, Mission tried to run the ball a little bit uh, with Achille Arnold, who's a good-looking athlete. You know, Polly defensively was good. You know, they were strong up front. Secondary was good. Jermaine Lole. Jermaine was really good. And then uh, 
And the mission was good defensively. I think Polly tried to get a running game going as well. They tried uh, with Mike Mawai, uh, but mission, you know, they had some of their guys back. Munch, I mentioned him. That was his first game sure. back. Um, so mission's got a tough one this week against Santa Margarita. I think they're going to have to play better, clean some stuff up. Joey yeah. Yellen, I, I think he was solid. Joey's a junior quarterback. Joey's really good when he has, he has a clean pocket. But when he got rushed, as a lot of quarterbacks, when he got rushed, had to escape the pocket a little bit, uh, he wasn't able to do so. I think Polly probably had you know, at least three to four sacks. Mm-hmm. And it was, just, it was just getting Joey out of the pocket. And uh, he wasn't as poised as he's going to be. Remember, this is a guy who, you know, was a backup at Bosco. So sure. I think Joey, uh, you know, one thing I would want to advise him, man, just work on that, you know, feeling the pass rush. Yeah. You don't always see it, mm-hmm. but you should feel it. A pocket presence. Just feel that guy coming behind you. Yeah. A lot of those sacks were, you know, were just, were plays where the, the clock in his head should have kind of been clicking. Just throw it away. Yeah, you can get rid of throw it. Throw it away yeah. and save those yardage. But uh, right now, Polly's going to go into their you know their easy part of their schedule where they'll win every game by fifty. They have Sarah at the back end of their schedule, but mm. I think Polly will probably roll to their schedule. And then Mission's got a tough one this week against Santa Margarita. So I, I expect both teams are going to need to need to play a little bit better. And our last game was one that you were at. Sure, De La Salle took out uh, Bishop Gorman. Took down De La Salle thirty-four to seven. And again, Dennis Sal got steamrolled by Bishop uh, St. John Bosco last year, but there's actually, uh, score-wise, statistically, Dennis Sal's worst loss in like 30 years, maybe? Something like that. It was a lot of years. What did you see? Yeah, so took the flight out to Vegas to go catch uh, all my Under Armour All-Americans, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Brevin Jordan, um, also Jacob Isaiah, and... De La Salle comes out like De La Salle. They come out running their split veers like Novocaine, right? Just give it some time and it's going to work. And they came out. They got on the board first, 7 nothing, just by running the football. And, you know, this year, for some reason, Gorman's been starting slow. And it was the same thing in this game. But it took a big sack on third down by the Gorman defense where the ball got knocked loose. Adam Plant Jr. picks it up, rumbles 40 yards for a touchdown. They tied the game up 7-7. After that, the walls came crashing down for De La Salle. They couldn't contain Dorian Thompson Robinson in the pocket. He got outside the pocket, made some huge throws downfield. One to Speedy Naylor for a touchdown, where you see he dodges three guys, kind of like you know a la Matt Corral, but he chucks it 50 yards downfield, throws the ball over the defender's head. Speedy comes down with it for a touchdown. He hit Brevin on a couple of those, also down the middle. Out of you know after dancing outside the pocket, he was brilliant with the football, very very accurate. Um, he had his helmet got knocked off one play. He had to come out. A sophomore, Micah Bowens, comes in, throws a fade to Brevin Jordan on, on the right sideline. I'm right next to the play. Brevin Jordan, he goes parallel to the ground, full extension with his arms at 6'2, at least 240, Brevin is, but he's got the softest hands you've seen and, and brings it in. Touchdown, Gorman. They pretty much roll in the second half. They take out. De La Salle in a nationally ranked game, and uh, it wasn't close in the second half. Gorman just put the clamp on that split veer. It wasn't like Novocaine. It was more like Motrin. <laughs> they took it and went to sleep, and um, it was it was an impressive win. Kenny Sanchez was very, very animated on the sideline, the, the Gorman head coach. You could tell he had his juice for that game, and those guys responded really, really well, played hard, played physical, played fast. Again, I was very, very impressed with Adam Plant Jr., the big defensive end. Greg, he projects big time on the next level. I think he's an NFL player. 
looking at him from last year to this year, he's made a huge jump. So imagine what he's going to be like in two to three years once he gets that college training, hmm. which he, he's pretty much already getting at Gorman. Sure. But uh, I just see his ceiling's really, really high. He's got long arms. He's more and more athletic every time I see him. Made a couple good plays against Modern Day, but kind of got held at bay with their really good offensive line. They're two great tackles. But I really like his upside. He projects really highly on the next level. He's going to get better and better and better. He might end up being the highest draft pick of any of those guys once all hmm. said and done. That's a big statement. Yeah. So it was a good game. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. Yeah, Gorman, sounds like it. Gorman played really well. So move right along. Yeah. We got to wrap this we baby do. up, we Greg. Do. We want to look at Friday's time flies. Ma- I know. Gosh, we it? having so much fun, man. Preview on <laughs> Friday's games, Greg. Who do we got? Who are we talking about Friday matchup? Shep, go. So. Mission Viejo, Sal Margarita, yep. both undefeated. We got Orange Lou, Heritage, both undefeated. We got St. John Bosco playing St. John's, Maryland. They're huge and they're very talented. We got Narbonne going to St. Louis and playing a Hawaii team that just blew out Punahou. A few more, but those are going to be our headliners. Sounds good. Social media drops. You can follow me on Twitter, Coach Keith underscore MP on Twitter. You can find my man at Greg Biggins on Twitter. Follow the show, The Transparent Truth 92. You can follow us on Instagram, The Transparent Truth Show. Without further ado, uh, without further ado, I'm always thinking about my boy, Brew McCoy. Come on, Brew, get up off me. Without further ado, we're going to wrap this baby up, bring it to a close. We appreciate you rocking with us, riding with us. The Transparent Truth, we're hot as a firecracker, baby. We're going to keep this thing moving. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool. <laughs>